You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M, and today, let's break down Jimbo Fisher's press conference from the 2021 recruiting class. Texas A&M finished for a fourth straight season in the top 10 of college football recruiting under the likes of the Jimbo Fisher regime, and now he can look forward to prepping for 2021. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality-sounding podcast Monday through Friday, especially all you brand-new Tigna listeners out there, go join in the conversation, give me a follow, give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th Man related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So Texas A&M, good day yesterday. They didn't really get that many names, but at the same time, they didn't really have to. Most of the recruits were already signed back on an early signing period in November. However, the Aggies did close up their recruiting class with a big-time addition of L.J. Johnson, the running back out of Cy Falls. A number four running back in the nation. Also, I believe he is the number nine player in the state of Texas and the number 45 player overall. The Aggies finished the 2021 recruiting class with 23 total commits, one full-time five-star. Potentially, you could see, I think, two or three jump up to make it four. Uh, 16 four-star recruits, six three-star recruits, and a final grade of 92.12. They finished seventh overall in the actual uh, recruiting style, and they finished number four in the SEC, trailing all four top schools in Alabama, who had the highest-ranked recruiting class all-time in the history of 24-7 sports. Georgia, who came in at number uh, three, and LSU, who came in at number four. Naturally, Jimbo Fisher had to come out with a statement talking a little bit about the upside to some of these players. Here's what he had to say with his opening statement. Yeah, I'm uh, very happy with today, but, you know, first of all, I want to say, you know, I, I haven't had a chance to say it, but, you know, our, our 12th man, the fans and everything, thank you so much for the support you gave us this year. Uh, when all those teams were complaining about the fans, and we was only a quarter full, so I can't wait till we fill that thing up next year and uh, make it really miserable on the guys coming in here. But, you know, great great shout-out to those guys and our, all of our people who support us. I mean, it's, it's it's second to none, and very happy with everyone there and what we're doing. But uh, yeah, very happy with today. Uh, right now we've got an L.J. Johnson uh, to sign. As I say, it's a little bit uh, not as, as low anticlimactic with all the numbers, but it was big getting him. I mean, he was, he was huge. He's a great player. Uh, very excited about what he can bring to us. Great, First of all, he's a great young man, very intelligent young man, great student, and then uh, one heck of a back. I mean, big, physical, fast, very, very smooth. It's almost like you don't even realize how good he is by how little his nuances are making people miss and not wasted motion and getting vertical when he catches he catch the ball block. But just a tremendous player, and we'll be very blessed to have him, and uh, very excited about that. And Hopefully, you know, we still got some other guys uh, in the mix. We'll see what happens. Uh we're very excited about what the future is going to bring, and we'll add a couple more guys, you know, probably through before this weekend's out. So, very excited about it, and uh, ready to go. Again, one name is basically all you have from Texas A&M on National Signing Day. But again, you look at all the names that already joined the program, and you kind of feel really good about yourself. You came into the actual National Signing Day as the number six ranked team. You drop one spot 
And you still remain number four in the SEC, which was a little shocking. I don't think that they were going to get much higher than number four, only because of you look at what teams like LSU and Georgia added. Both added more four-star, uh, five-star recruits. Both had roughly about the same amount of four-star recruits. So they actually were pretty neck and neck. I did think they would be higher than seven. I did. I thought that they maybe six potentially jumping up into that top five, but you can't really be that mad at number seven overall, especially when you look at the teams who were behind you, USC, Notre Dame, Michigan, Oklahoma, Florida, Miami. All of them are very, very talented programs, just as much as, you know, A&M is. So you have to be at least considerate of that. But if we focus in on actual National Signing Day alone, the biggest thing will be LJ Johnson. Johnson is a good running back who's best known for his ability to make defenders miss after initial contact and in the open field. He's got very good hands as a receiving option. He's a very decent pass blocker, and he comes in with experience playing at the highest level of Texas high school football. Sometimes that's a blessing. Sometimes that's not. It really is based off of how early you can get on the field and be productive. Which Johnson's case is a little tricky because of the one position that A&M should feel the most comfortable about going into the 2021 offseason is the running back group. Devon A. Chain, Anaya Smith, and Isaiah Spiller combined all for three standout seasons. And perhaps the biggest thing of all is they're each versatile in their own way. Naturally, you have a burly back like Spiller being able to get yards after contact. You have Smith, the do-it-all weapon who can be used as a wide receiver, running back, jet sweep motion. And you have A-Chain, pure speed that works on the outside. So where does Johnson fit in all this, especially for the upcoming year? Fisher had something to say about that. I think for he compliments because he can do everything. And I think that's t- the, today's time, the thing you have to do in the backfield, you know, you had the old way, he's a good pass receiver, he's a third down guy. Boy, he's a good, uh, he can run the ball between the tackles. Well, you know, today's game, man, when you can, only, you can leave one guy in there and he can do all those things, they, they don't know what you're going to do. And that's what I think is what LJ can do. He's a great runner between the tackles, has power, strong, 208, 10 pounds, uh, very natural, great pad level. But he can run the stretch and run away. I mean, he ran, ran sub four, in the four four, low four fours for us in camp two years in a row. Uh, vertical jump, athletic, can get the outside, can run away from him to back end, can pass block, can catch the ball out of the backfield if you're in spread stuff, can throw screens to him, can throw screen, can get vertical down the field and catch the ball, run option routes. I mean, just a lot of. Of everything he does, just a complete guy. And like I say, very intelligent young man and very instinctive and, and, and very competitive young man. So, you asked the question, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Doesn't really matter. It happens. That's what LJ Johnson's role is going to be. I don't think he'll be limited in one spot. Yesterday's podcast, I said that I think he'll be used a lot in the red zone, and I still believe he will. But that doesn't mean he's only going to be limited to the red zone. He's only going to be you know, sitting in red zone formations. They're only going to use him as a power back. That's not the case. I just think that that's where he's going to get his bread and butter. Sometimes a young running back needs to have a role. That's really it. And who's to say that that role isn't a good one? It just means that it's a role. Like, like I think that people all the time overreact to the conversation of what a role is. To me, if you're playing as a freshman, you play a significant role because if you're supposed to be learning the plays that year to get better for your next few years down the line. Instead, you've made an immense impact on your team already that while learning the plays, you're already out there 
making plays. So that just means that you're going to get better over time, start building a repertoire over time, and making a name for yourself over time. So yes, do I believe, in a sense, you will have Johnson be limited to his carries? Yes, I still believe that. That doesn't mean he's not going to play, and that doesn't mean that he's not going to be effective. What it means is, when he's out there, expect bigger moments from him because of he's going to have to make the most of those opportunities behind a three-headed rushing attack that might be the best in the SEC for 2021. The NFL season is coming to an end, and so has college football, but that doesn't mean that betting is going to be at an all-time low. We live in a time where betting is just second nature. And on top of all that, we always need to earn some extra cash in our pockets. That's why I recommend when you make your bet this upcoming year for college basketball and the NBA, go visit betonline.ag. Betonline.ag gives you the best lines, the best bets, and the best payouts you can ask for, especially when you go follow them on social media at bet underscore online AG. That's bet online underscore AG. And when you use the promo code locked on at betonline.ag, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus with your very first deposit. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get right into the action with betonline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Phil Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M. There's a brand new podcast here on Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On Today. Today, we're going to count this week's down hall. The top storylines happening surrounding all four major American sports, including and not excluding right now the Super Bowl. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast listening systems. So Texas A&M finishes up their recruiting class with the number seven overall unit. Overall, you have to consider this a big-time win for the program. This is now three straight years of top 10 performances under Jimbo Fisher, and more than any of that, he's built a roster that's now in his image. This will be the very first time since his arrival in 2018 to College Station that the entire program is actually built in his image. You gotta remember that back in 2018, he had a recruiting class, but a lot of those players still were Kevin Sumlin guys. Last season, you saw what would happen when he brought in the guys that he wanted to build his program, his way that works. 9-1 finish, a win in the Orange Bowl, number two in the SEC, highest ranked team since 1939 when they won the national championship. Now, of course, you want to build good recruiting classes, but over time, you need those recruiting classes to do something. Texas at one point had, I don't even remember, it was three or four of the top five recruiting classes, and they weren't able to do anything. USC, same thing under both Steve Sarkeesian and Clay Helton, had one of the better recruiting classes, and Lane Kiffin, for that matter. They had a, they had at one point the number one recruiting class. I think it was back in 2012 or 13. Team went, what, 8-4? 7-5? and four? Seven and five? It's all about building off of these recruiting classes to where even if you don't finish top 10, you're finishing in line to be one of the better teams for the future. That's what Fisher had to say about having his third straight top 10 finish. Our ultimate goal, we keep recruiting, and, and hopefully that translates into the performance on the field, which I think it's starting to really good here. And we're enhancing that with the culture we're creating and the things we do. And that can, you know, to SEC championships, national championships, that's our goals and what we're trying to get to and be the best we can be and create the competition from within that, you know, hopefully the toughest games we play are the days we have in practice when you're going against another great player across the, across the ball from you. And uh, embracing that challenge and doing it every day to create the championship habits in which we have. And that's our goal. And you got to stack classes together to, to create the competition, to create the depth, and, and create uh, what you want to do. By now, I think it's given that everyone has seen the Nick Saban recruiting video. Whether you like it or not, you have to admit that 
getting an inside look at what a recruit brings to the table and how someone is able to recruit, Jimbo Fisher's kind of picked up a little bit about that. And that's just probably a save and eight trait. Something that Fisher did when he was a head recruiter for LSU, when he was for Florida State. People forget that, you know, as offense coordinators, you have to be also very talented at recruiting, selling the team, getting the pitch, and bringing in the final prospect to the head coach. That's kind of what Nick Saban did. And you kind of hear it in the presser today about it. Not only is Fisher trying to say, well, we want to build a team that is so good that we're unstoppable. That's that's the goal for everyone. I really feel like that literally, if that's not your goal in college football, then you're not here doing your job right. But at the same time, look back at what Nick Saban said in that video about how Jonathan Allen and Cam Robinson went up against each other in practice every single day. About how Amari Cooper had to go up against Dean Milner. How uh, Xavier McKinney had to cover Josh Jacobs and now Najee Harris out of the backfield for years. Landon Collins had to go up against uh, uh, TJ Yeldon and Derrick Henry. They all got drafted really high, and a lot of them actually have hit to earn second contracts that are really big. Milner is one exception, and Trent Richardson's another, but when you look at their college careers, once you get to the NFL and you get that paycheck, ultimately that's the goal. What you do after that is a whole different thing. The best way to guarantee that you have a shot of even making it to the NFL is to be able to win in practice against your own team. And that's kind of what Fisher talks about, basically, is now you have recruiting classes, top 10 recruiting classes, year in and year out, to where it should be a competition to play players. You should be able to have a guy, if they're injured, have them step up and immediately make plays and have them be able to fill in for the guy behind them. And you don't really lose a step. Instead, what you do is they can come in, they make it harder for every starter to keep their starting role because they're good enough to be a starter. That's what Fisher's building. That's what AM needs. And a lot of people who were out there saying, okay, well, well what happened with AM last year? You know, what why in 2019 were they so average? Again, that's not Fisher. That's the way the schedule goes sometimes. Did anyone expect LSU to be as good as they were? Did anyone expect Clemson to not get a win at home with a Heisman Trophy caliber quarterback who was fresh off a national championship? Alabama? That's Alabama? Also, keep in mind that half those recruits were not of Fisher's style and you know a system that actually worked down in Tallahassee. So you have to still build that roster in that image. Fisher was working with a lot of guys who weren't part of his roster. You add all that into consideration, sometimes a 7-5 year, it gets you better for next year. Also, it allows recruits to be like, oh, maybe I have a shot to play because of all these guys were 7-5. I can make this team 10-2, 11-1, And you know what? I, I would have been very interested to see how DB and m could have gone this year, especially with Alabama being one of the last games of the year for them. And with the momentum they had, I would not have been shocked if they would have gone 11-1 or 12-0. I really wouldn't have. And then they would have been in the college football playoff. The other thing Fisher mentioned was how recruiting kind of keeps them young. You know, recruiting, it's different than the NFL. And this is the biggest thing that I think a lot of people look at. The NFL is a 24-7 job, but it's not 365 days a year. Maybe it's about 300. You get about 65 off-season days. 
where legitimately you don't go watch film, you don't go into practice, you don't go work out, you don't do any of that, you don't you know, go through recruiting, you don't go through business meetings, you're at home with the family, you go on vacation, you have a normal day. You don't have that in college. It is a 24-7, 365-day job. Some coaches like that. Some coaches like the challenge of always having to be on the go and staying up with the latest moves, trends, whatever it is, to convince players to come to them. And that's something that Fisher takes into consideration as part of the job when trying to recruit. It's a competition all the time. Listen, you're competing for guys, your relentless work ethic, your ability to understand, get people to see the vision you see and where they want them to be. They can, you can picture, you picture them. Can you get them to picture themselves and where they think it's the right? And, and that most definitely. And, uh, you know, trying to make the right decisions and, and keep things, uh, keep things going the right way but it's very competitive for those guys and you have to i mean this this whole game this whole heck life and world in general is competition you got to be able competitive every day and everything you do and what we do in our world right now especially down this part of the country it's 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 a very dog eat dog competitive world down here when you win in recruiting there's a good shot you win on the field i hate to be that guy because it makes me agree with somebody that i completely disagree with on a lot of different things but it's true when you win in recruiting you have a better shot to win on the field. Nine out of 10. That doesn't mean all 100% of the time, your number one recruiting class is going to be going to a national championship every year. But it does mean you are going to be in a better spot each season because if you can build off that talent and make something special each and every time you step out on that field. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. Built Bar is a fantastic product. It helped me lose 10 pounds in the month of January alone as I was doing my two-a-day training. That's because it's low in sugar, low in calories, high in protein, and high in fiber. Every single day during my workout, I had a peanut butter brownie bar, and it's got 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. There's not a product like this anywhere else out on the shelf, and it's great for anyone who's on the keto diet. Go visit BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to save 20% off your very first purchase. That promo code is LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. If you want to look and feel better while indulging in a delicious treat, go sign up at BuiltBar from BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network, full-time since back in all things Texas and the 2021 is officially here and 2020 is in the but much like everyone else out there, you're trying to win some cash. So you should go ahead and listen to Locked on Bets with your boy Q and Paramount Sports' Lee Sterling. The two of them give you highlight information, inside access, and the best bets for college basketball and the NBA. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast listening systems. So the other big name that Texas A&M signed, in my opinion, that's going to be essential, and I brought this up on the show yesterday as who were the five biggest names for the upcoming class to be special this year. To me, it's Bryce Foster. Foster just is that guy who fills every single role you need, and Jimbo Fisher has yet to been able to speak about him because if he was such a late signee. Now that it's National Signing Day, you're able to talk about him in a positive light and what he brings to AM. Naturally, Fisher could not be more excited to land the Katie Taylor product. You know I mean, when he did it, it did catch me off guard. I wasn't ready for it at the time, but I, but I'll tell you, I didn't, I didn't complain. <laughs> I wasn't griping about it too much. It was all right with me. But uh, just an outstanding young man, I think. Sky's the limit for him. Very gifted, 
very you everybody thinks how big and strong he is but what you don't realize is the athleticism the, the lower body flexibility he has the power he has that's why it creates the power not just his upper body his lower body that's why he's such a great discus thrower that's why he's such a great shot put thrower i mean he can create power from low to high which is the way football is played and i think has a tremendous future powerful smart intelligent likes to work the, likes to grind of playing I, I say a lot of guys like to play ball they don't like to go lift weights they don't like to go run they don't like to do all that stuff bryce is one of those guys that really does and i think has a tremendous future very intelligent guy very competitive guy and uh, gonna be a two-sport guy for us he's gonna throw the shot in disc here also i think the biggest thing that people don't realize is how mobile an offensive lineman needs to be to be good and that's why i mentioned bryce foster as my number one player from this recruiting class it's not that i don't think shamar turner's good and it's not that i don't think that a couple of other players out there like eli stowers or you know even lj johnson are are not going to be effective. I think that they all are going to be effective, and hopefully they're part of the long-time plan that makes A&M one of the rising teams in the SEC. But, same time, mobility, mobility, mobility. We talk about how the game is ever-changing and how it's moving in a direction to where college sports, more specifically on the offensive line, you have to be more mobile. Plays are going to take a little bit longer because of, you have better cornerbacks to cover better wide receivers. And you have linebackers who can do both blitzing and play the run and play the pass. And you have defensive linemen who are best used on third down formations. And some are used as only pass rushers. And it's all based off scheme fits and styles and everything that goes along those lines. You can't just have an offensive lineman go, okay, I'm really good up front. I'm really good broad shoulders. I'll hold a guy. Because of a defensive lineman now who's six foot seven can move like a six foot three. 220 pounder and have leverage that used to be a freak trait for guys like miles garrett for guys like davian Clowney. that's a normal trait now for defensive linemen so you need offensive linemen who can block that who can make those plays who can have the leverage have the angles have the lower body strength that allows you to rip and turn and hold a defensive lineman from getting in the backfield and pressuring your quarterback bryce foster did all that at kaylee taylor he was fantastic at it. And now because of that, it builds up for AM to be in a very good spot on the offensive line. Now, what does this whole thing mean for the 2021 class? Because according to everyone that you want to talk to, it's about building for the future. It's about building for next season. It's about always building off where you go. And Texas A&M has a lot to build off of with a 9-1 year, finishing second in the SEC, their first New Year's Six Bowl victory, and the highest ranking that they've ever had since 1939. All right. Where's Fisher see this program going? Same direction you saw it going in 2020. And hopefully it ends on a different note. Well, I think get them in, create the culture, and let our older guys show them how we work, what we do. And But these guys are very talented. Listen, and you see it now. Freshmen are making impacts across the country. And you're recruiting these high guys. you got to get them on the field because they're too talented not to. you got to get them taught. You have to have them, and you have to have them for depth. You have to have them. Sometimes they become the you know big playmakers in what you're doing or you know whatever it may be. But you're incorporating for the future because these guys are too gifted. And uh, their ability to learn and, and our older guys to incorporate them in. And that's what I'm, I'm happy to. Our older guys – not fighting and say, hey, you're not taking my position, which, all right, I'm going to fight my position, but I'm going to help you because I need you to, if we're going to win a championship. We all have to be in this thing together. And those young guys are very talented, and I love those guys coming in ready to play. And hopefully they'll, they'll learn the culture of how we do things and, and play the championship level. Jalen Jones had a start last season at the cornerback position because of he was the best player. You had Devon A-Chain not having to play every single snap, but he played significantly amount 
towards the end of the year and was the Orange Bowl MVP for what he brought to the, that game. McKinley Jackson was a rotational player, but he did make an impact, especially against the run. And Antonio Johnson, when Devin Morris went out, was the nickel defender. You can break down it as many ways as you want, and you can believe that this is the actual pathway, but at the end of the day, you don't need to have a full-time starter anymore. You need to have players that push each other to become better each and every play. So, in a way, yes, Jimbo Fisher has said the exact right things about building this team. You need every single player on this roster to be able to participate as if they were a starter. And if they could, guess what? They're going to be in a very good line to be a very good team for many years to come. Take a look at Alabama. Take a look at Georgia. The reason that they're always highly considered as some of the best teams in the country is because of, pretty simple, they always have a guy who could be a starter on a different team, but instead fights their way up the depth chart by fighting against starters who eventually will be playing in the NFL. That's what A&M is building right now, and that's why A&M is a team to actually watch for. It's not about, oh, we're going to get them in the building and they're going to learn over time. No, they're going to learn right now and they're going to be effective right now. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. We'll be back on Monday, hopefully talking about a positive with the recent outbreak of COVID-19 in the basketball program. Will Texas A&M basketball miss more games or will they be able to make up and reschedule these outings just enough time? We'll see you soon. And remember, take care, y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.